for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. The Sam Neill to my Laura Dern. The Bryce Dallas Howard to my Chris Pratt. Wait, who am I? I'm probably Bryce Dallas Howard because of my oh, red, the beard. red Yeah, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't don't let me not be Laura Dern though. Like I want to be Laura Dern. Please, you're Laura, Laura, Laura Dern. Thank you. Uh, I just feel time. like I exude Laura Dern energy. Mm-hmm. So just the don't take that away from me. Laura Dern energy. <laughs> what kind of dinosaurs do you have in your hands, Kirk? Do you know? Oh, that is a great question. This is 100% a T Rex. Yep, that right looks like here. a T Rex. And this looks like a raptor. This looks like a little velociraptor. Actually, it is it is that blue? That oh, it could be. be. Yeah, blue. I mean, it's got the blue markings. It's the only identifiable dinosaur from huh. the movie that we are reviewing today, Jurassic World Dominion. And as we said earlier this week, it will be a spoiler-free review, and I will be sure to put that in the podcast title so you guys know coming into it. That it's spoiler free, so you are free to listen to it without having seen the movie. So this is something that we used to do for all of our reviews. Then we changed our format, and now we're back to this at least for one week because Kirk and I got the opportunity to see this movie in an advanced screening. We were there. They were, uh, you know, pulling out all the stops. They were throwing swag into the crowd. They were really trying to get people fired up, make sure people were giving good reviews. Uh, you know, the things that marketing companies do, but we were there Tuesday night, Kirk, how did it feel to be there in an advanced screening? Did you feel like you had top secret information? I did. I felt like royalty, you know, cam right now, if you're watching on the videos, uh, cam's wearing one of the swag pieces, the Jurassic world hat. That's right. Everyone got a hat. There were shirts thrown. I caught a dinosaur at one point. Yes. Um, and I had the most, maybe the, the best part of my experience, the most delicious, mac and cheese bites that were not free Mm. but nonetheless very much a wonderful part of the experience yeah amc shout out to amc mac and cheese bites for the win uh yeah they they looked good i regretted my decision of the hot dog which is always a bad decision anyway i I don't know i was in a weird mood it was tuesday you know (laughs) i I don't i i'm not going to answer for that but it happened okay and we feel like the only public hot dog you can get is at a baseball stadium. Sure. I don't think they make them right anywhere else. Yeah. It's like that. And like some like street vendor in New York, which I don't even know if that's a real thing outside of the movies. Like, I don't know if that actually exists outside of movies, but right. it happened. And I regret every, everything about it, but, <laughs> but we're here. We're here to talk to you about Jurassic world dominion. Um, what's been called the final film of the Jurassic world franchise. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it will be the end of the Jurassic franchise. Like, it seems like yes. Colin Trevorrow says things that make it sound like yes. It's certainly the end of his trilogy. Chris Pratt says things that make it sound like this is the end of all ends. Certainly seems like, based on where they went with the promotional materials with Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill all reprising their roles, that that could be the case. Um but nothing super I don't, I don't know that there's anything like super definitive yet on that front so i agree i i mean they have the netflix cartoon i believe it's jurassic park related it's oh, like why camp cretaceous 
Is that part of Jurassic Park? Camp Cretaceous. It- yeah, I think it's a spinoff. Okay. Yeah. I think it's. I, I don't know if that will go many seasons, but as far as the big silver screen, who knows? Who knows what we will see coming out of that again? If there's anything we've learned, it's that if there's money to be had at some point in the future, they will make the money. Yes. They will do it. So Universal, then, will, if they decide at some point that it makes sense to bring this back, I'm sure they will do it regardless of what has been said by Chris Pratt and, and anybody else. But we, And that trilogy will be titled Jurassic Universe. Jurassic Island, though they've all been islands. So Yes. It's like, a, it's like George Peninsula. Romero with the zombie movies. He did Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. And then it was Land of the Dead and then mm-hmm. Island mm-hmm. of the Dead. And I was like, whoa, whoa, Island feels like a step back from land. But, right. you know, to each their own. Anyway, today we're not talking about zombie movies. We're talking about dinosaur movies. We're talking about Jurassic World Dominion. And Kirk, this is going to be tough because we have to be spoiler free. And it's been a mm-hmm. long time. But I promise you I will not release this episode with spoilers in it. So... Let's just be on our best behavior so I don't have to do a bunch of editing. But Kirk, I want to hear the synopsis of this film, and that is all you, my friend. Before I synopsis, what if I accidentally only speak in spoilers and you just have to put, you know, like the sensor, like, over my entire time that I speak tonight? That would be a nightmare scenario. Um, So please don't do that. But if you do, we'll just have to live with the consequences. We just will. (laughs) I make no promises. The synopsis for Jurassic World Dominion. Following the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the release of dozens of dinosaur species now begins to affect the entire Earth. We find our heroes, new and old, come together to form a plan to save the world once more. Can they do it? Find out in Jurassic World Dominion, now playing in theaters. Wow, that was great. The return of the trailer voice is always a, always a pleasant surprise. Um, Thank you. Yeah, good point, Kirk. When you said at the beginning that following the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, we have gotten some questions already from a number of people who are planning to see it this weekend saying, do I have to have seen Fallen Kingdom or Jurassic World or any of the other sequels to understand this movie? I think it's dealer's choice. I think... The plot of this movie is heavily related to the events of Fallen Kingdom. So having not seen that, you are going to be out of the loop on a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, this is not the Godfather Part 2. So um, <laughs> it's dinosaurs. So like, <laughs> yeah, you can close the gaps, I think, if you use some context. It's not the heaviest, deepest uh, subject matter. And I'm saying that as someone who is loved two out of the four movies that came out before this. So five, two out of the five movies that came out before this. Well, there's six now. There's six Six now. now. Six now. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to show my hand on what I think of this movie yet. Yeah. Come on. All right. Okay. So let's get into it. Knowing that Kirk, I want to know who your Oscar goes to. Who was the best actor in this film? In your opinion, my Oscar goes to a pro in the business. He's been in it a long time. He's in the first one. He's in the second one. He's briefly in Fallen Kingdom. It's Mr. Jeff Goldblum, the fly himself, ladies and gentlemen. I 
have an ever-growing love for Jeff Goldblum. I saw Jurassic Park as a, as a kid, as many people our age obviously did, and I thought he was kind of this very strange man. I thought he was very old when I saw that. Come to find out he was not very old <laughs> when he did that. Uh, I was magnetized by him now and in every film I've seen once I really learned who Jeff Goldblum as, is as a person. And more importantly... More importantly, in this movie, above any other of them, Jeff Goldblum came to show that he can be his very silly self. He can give his very strange, unique, and wonderful um, Jeff Goldblum-isms, like, and like purring and making all those noises in the microphone and on any show he does. But he was such a bright spot in this film because you also saw his full character on display. There were key moments where you where he was telling a really just ridiculous joke, and then in the next scene, really showing you true fear for the dinosaurs attacking and surrounding them. So I just want to say that this is a no-brainer for me on this film, which might seem like a surprise, but Jeff Goldblum, you get the Oscar tonight. All right. I like it. My pick, I'm going in a different direction here. Um, I'm going to go with Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays Claire. Um, I think she kind of grows into this movie as it goes, and it's worth noting that there were significant production delays with the movie related to COVID. Um, they, were, they took a long break and came back. But I feel like in the first half of the movie, it, it's not anything super impressive. I'll, I will say that most of the dialogue in the early part of the movie for her is rough, um, tough lines to deliver in the first place. So I don't really put that on her, but I think that she is really the only character from this new trilogy of Jurassic world to have any sort of arc whatsoever in their, in their story. Uh, they have no sort they have no, no other character has a story arc. She has this really great and sort of obvious arc of like in the first movie, she is the all business CEO of Jurassic world, you know, numbers over people, science over feelings, things like that. And she learns to love dinosaurs and care for dinosaurs over the next couple of films and it really comes full circle in this movie. And so I feel like by the end of the movie, she's doing a lot of action hero type stuff, which is cool. I think they were a little heavy on that given that some of the stuff she's doing doesn't make sense for her character. Um, some really acrobatic, crazy stunts that she's doing that just, it feels like quite a departure from the Claire Deering that we come in contact with in Jurassic world and perhaps too far a departure. But, um, I think that her reactions and the way that she plays off of her cast members in the back half of the movie, particularly when you're talking about dangerous life-threatening situations shows the character arc and shows the growth. And she has some good moments in the final half of the movie. So um, it's a crowded cast. You got the, you know, the three from the uh, world trilogy that are carried over. You've got the three from the park trilogy that are carrying over as well as some new characters they introduce into this film. And I feel like of those Bryce Dallas Howard um, relative to screen time was the most impactful of the bunch. And Chris Pratt, who, 
you know, I typically am a huge fan of. He just, he's barely a factor in this movie, and I don't feel like it's really his fault. I feel like it's mostly that they wrote a movie where he's just kind of, <laughs> you know, doing the things that people always accuse him of doing, just kind of like brooding and and being in action sequences. Like, that's really it. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of character at all. Um, so that sort of is out of his hands. Which, how ironic is that? Because your boy started out in full comedy, full improv, television, and they just, they've just like diminished his role <laughs> in a way to, to giving just glimpses of that. Uh, yeah. Don't get I, me wrong. He, he's in the entire movie, but it's, it's very strange. It's very ironic. I feel it is ironic. And you know, he is a talented actor. I know that people have sort of yes. pigeonholed him into this category of, Oh, he only does these big blockbuster movies. Well, he does a really good job in a lot of those types of movies. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he's incredible as Star-Lord. Um, he carves out some really good characters. And in Jurassic World 1, he built the foundation of an awesome character. Him and Bryce H Dallas Howard both. I think the only problem yeah, is no. her character actually got to grow and have an arc and mature, and his character has stayed in the exact same spot the entire time right. with no change and no room for development. Mm -hmm. And we see this in Fallen Kingdom as well. Yes, uh, that it's it's almost it's almost like a part two to Fallen Kingdom. His character, so a great choice on Bryce Dallas, uh, getting a full a full story arc. Yeah, um, let's go into Chris, Scene Stealer. You got it. Uh, glad you said Chris Pratt because I'm giving my Ob Scene Stealer to Chris Pratt because despite the attempt to again uh, take his role down a level and make sure there's room for all these new characters. The OG character, Samuel Lord Dern, Jeff Goldblum, he is still on point. He is still working his magic. Uh, there's one particular moment where he confronts one of the big bad guys in the film, and I think that is probably one of the most wonderful and subtle and uh, fantastic moments because it's not over the top, but it's very sincere to his character. And again, if we would have had moments of this, more moments, more of an amped up direction for his character in the script, then I think that we would have really been able to uh, celebrate this performance. Uh, I, I just want to give it to him because really he's at no point is he just uh, throwing in the towel. He is really trying his best to make sure that this character gets a full arc and he does so well despite that. So Chris Pratt, you got my vote tonight as well. Love it. And for my scene stealer, I'm going with somebody that you picked as your uh, Oscar goes to. I'm going with Jeff Goldblum um, because there is there are some significant corniness issues in this movie and some really cheesy dialogue throughout, really from the beginning. But it's at its absolute worst when the whole band is together, um, all of the characters. You get really weird... Um, scene blocking uh, where the way that people are standing in relation to one another, the way that people are moving about the scene makes it feel like a, like a bad play at times. Um, and you get really bad dialogue changing of hands whenever things are frantic. And really the only thing that provides a level of um, authenticity to the film is the presumably improv one liners that Jeff Goldblum is throwing out here and there, and he gets a, he gets a few moments to really um, lighten things up and provide some levity whenever it's needed, not because things are dark or because things are 
too intense, but because it's really cheesy and corny and it's really hard to like continue watching that. And he breaks it up with something that feels real, feels genuine, kind of gets everybody organized. They can react to the joke. It feels a little bit more like an actual um, group setting that would be real. Um, so for me, there were times in the, in, in the back half of the movie where you're like, oh, thank God Jeff Goldblum is here, man, because these scenes would be impossible to watch if uh, if he wasn't there. So I am very glad he was there. Really sad that they couldn't figure out the larger ensemble cast dynamics in this movie, especially from a dialogue standpoint, but um, there were a few standouts who helped glue it together, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm officially showing my hand now. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do it, and I get that, Like it's, but it's hard whenever... Yeah, it's hard with this movie to not, but let's move into the production because I think there will be a lot to talk about here. Yeah, let's talk about the good things. Sure. The show stoppers, right? Yeah, you're up. Uh, I got to say the dinosaur CGI uh, and puppets, the the marriage that they had with that was so well done. And it has to be, right? Because what year did Jurassic Park come out? 93, 96? 93. 93. And you just have this incredible piece of cinema that stands true today because of Steven Spielberg's love for puppets. Uh, a, you know, IEC, this is a footnote. I want you to go and watch Jaws right now. <laughs> so it's absolutely incredible. And they do a really great job of making sure this holds up. Uh, I had not seen fallen kingdom until the night before we went and saw this. And so I made it a point to watch it. So I would be ready for this film. And even in that one, I felt like those dinosaurs, even though that movie came out, whatever the same year, the Incredibles two came out. Cause they were at the theater. 2017. The same time. 2017. The CGI holds up well in that. And because there's lots of puppets in this one, I feel like there's even more puppets, even more uh, of an of, a, of an homage, 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 homage to Jurassic Park one. Uh, you see it in the scenes where, where the dinosaurs are, are trapped in cages and they're like sedated. And you see it when specifically one big moment, not a spoiler. There is a rope around one of the dinosaurs necks. Uh, you, Chris Pratt, who is in Danis, dinosaur tamer, he's trying to calm it down. And the rope is in the air about, about three feet to four feet distance between him and the dinosaur's neck. And he's moving this, this rope around. And so is the dinosaur. And it looks so real absolutely so real so that again that marriage of the cgi and the puppetry is on its highest display here and i cannot even believe how they put that together it's it's baffling to me and i want to be behind the scenes of these big productions when they make their movie magic so bravo yeah i i agree with you on most of that i think the animatronics were a huge enhancement in this movie it's something they should have done more of particularly in jurassic world the first one, Jurassic World, because mm-hmm. um, I thought that was a little bit too CG reliant, and I don't think that movie's going to age well. In fact, I already kind of think some of that CG has not aged well, particularly with the pterodactyls and um, Mosasaurus at times. There are some issues. In this movie, it felt like they knew when to use the animatronics, which was good and helpful, but there was this weird... It felt like when the dinosaurs were at scale blended into a natural texture with actual characters, like actual people, they looked fantastic. But there was this one area of in-betweenness where it was far enough away to where they weren't using the animatronics and and small enough scale and close-up on the dinosaurs 
it was a lot of times where you would see like blue, particularly the Velociraptor in a scene in the frame by itself that the way that it moved was sort of like Harryhausen-esque, like, like 2001, a space odyssey gorillas, you know, like mm-hmm. how, how that movement was. Or like if you see these really, really old movies where they were doing like claymation dinosaurs and, and movement, there were times where it was like, like that in terms of the movement, but only in those very specific scenes. And I noticed it most with blue because that was the only dinosaur where they were like kind of close to it. And it would share, it would have its own frame. And whenever those things happened, it looked a little bit weird, but overall I think they did a a better job for sure. Agreed. Agreed. It's kind of like, there are some, you know, Jumanji moments in here where you're just like, exactly that, that hurts. Um, but and it's like only get worse. Yeah, it's only in those like <laughs> weird in between scenes. But I felt like when um, you know the scene we've all seen in the commercial where Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard is in that scene with the Giganotosaurus, um, really cool. Or maybe it's the Ther- Therizinosaurus or whatever, the one with the sure. Freddy Krueger claws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember which dinosaur it is. I think it's the Giganotosaurus, but um, where she's like under the water and the dinosaur is above. Those that scene looked awesome, and there were many of the times with the, with the dinosaurs that it looked really good. It was just like every once in a while, you're like, "That looks unusually weird." <laughs> and it's, I love it, your care. I love your care with the uh, the titles of the dinosaurs because uh, while I was a dinosaur fan for a brief period as a child, I would say spiky hand dinosaur, T Rex, bigger T Rex, uh, pterodactyl. Um, I always think of pterodactyl. <laughs> Real quick side story: I ha- once had this substitute teacher, and I hope you did too at some point. He was the strangest man alive. He came into our class and he said, "Hello, kids. My name is Mr. Poe." That's P as in pterodactyl. And I kid you not, <laughs> the sound of the groan of the class. Yeah, they were like, oh, <laughs> Melted <my>. this man. <laughs> he that, was so excited. <laughs> that is quite a, that's that's a dad joke for the ages. I mean, that's a real gut buster, knee slapper. Um, yes. So, I think the groan was from physical pain. I think people were actually hurting. It was, it was. And, and then he had to continue to, you know, substitute teach that class for 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how he Tough survived. Room. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but bravo to your, your, your studious knowledge of, of the dinosaur names, like with perfect pronunciation. <laughs> no. I think, uh, up until about 30 minutes before we came on here, I was calling the Therizinosaurus a Freddy Krueger dinosaur. And I think I actually just mentioned that just now too. Yeah. So which is actually a better description than Therizinosaurus, so yes. there you go. Um, okay, but my, now for my actual showstopper. My actual showstopper is the scenes of the dinosaurs in the human world, which you might think there would be tons of in this movie because of the name and the way that it's sort of prepared. I want to prepare you for the fact that that is not the case. And in fact, there, there are not that many of those scenes, but there's a scene um, where, you know, we've seen it in the trailer as well. The Mosasaurus is attacking the, the crab fishing ship. Very cool. There's a scene, um, which they, they kind of stole this from the good dinosaur. Hilariously. Um, there's a scene where Chris Pratt and all his cowpoke homies from the Sierra Nevada mountains are uh, lassoing uh, Parasaurolophus's, 
Aracerolify. I don't know exactly how you pluralize that, <laughs> but they're doing that. And it looks cool. It's really cool. And there's a couple of scenes like that where the dinosaurs are in the human world. I think a lot of it's in the trailers, but those scenes look great. I thought they, for, for whatever reason, that was what they crushed, which is the hardest thing to do, right? Is like mer- merge CGI with people. But that I felt like looked great for the most part. Um, and it was the other stuff that didn't look as great, but kudos to them on that scenes. Those scenes, I would have loved more of it. I would have loved if the whole movie was that premise of just like dinosaurs in the human world. How do we deal with it? Um, and there's a lot less of that than I think people will think going into this movie. True. I mean, that Dominion, you would think Jurassic World Dominion, and they have the clip in the trailer of Jeff Jeff Goldblum where it's like uh, human beings are not only not only lack dominion over nature, but they're subordinate to it. You would think that based on that, the whole thing would be about like how humans are just like really losing to the dinosaurs. And um, I don't feel like it's a spoiler to say that I don't really believe that that was the case in this movie, that there are other, the, the plot focuses on something sort of totally different from that really. It's true. It's true. I I mean, I fully, I wish that we would have seen these dinosaurs, like you said, more in the present presence of humans, like, um, like in a McDonald's, right? Like a, like a velociraptor rolls in, goes up to the counter. There's an awkward interaction. The dinosaur has some care and some care and hair because of evolution. Right. And then jumps the counter and eats a Big Mac. I feel that moments like that could have really enriched, 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 enriched this this movie i I mean they should have gone full-blown like 90s-esque uh just silliness in some of those moments to to give us light of that because that they were playing the wrong campiness i feel like a lot of times yes if you would have given me something like that you not only get a sponsorship from mcdonald's but you also get uh, an incredibly iconic future scene for people to say, dude, when the dinosaur rolled through or anything else, they're, they're going into a, a theme park of all places, right? Like that would have been great because they escaped from a theme park. Things that are just naturally like ingrained in pop culture and literature. They should have gone to these places that were familiar in order to solidify what this film meant. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is a whole movie there of just, hey, the dinosaurs are finally just running loose in the real world. You know, that's sort of what we've been building to this entire time. And so that really could just be a whole movie. And that is not the direction they decided to go. I won't say which direction they decided to go, but it's not that. It's not. Um, It is a weird choice because I feel like, and obviously there is nuance to filmmaking, but in terms (laughs) of making an entertaining film, the premise of dinosaurs running loose in the human world is pretty much a slam dunk. I don't think you have to do much more with that because there's all kinds of human political dynamics that go into that. That would just be a whole, you could make a whole plot line out of that, but instead they turn it into something totally different, which is just a weird choice because it could have been so entertaining Right. It's odd. But as we're kind of getting into it already, let's go ahead and go into director shoes and talk about what we would have changed about this movie or what our notes are for it. Yeah, the script, the script itself, it diverges onto something 
that is alluded to in Fallen Kingdom that just isn't just doesn't feel as interesting as it should be. We get a lot of extra characters in this, even more than on the screen here. Uh, if you look at the, the the full poster image of all the characters on there, you see one new character that's never been in any of the films, any of the franchises before. And there's even more extra characters than that. And it's one of those extra characters that really just doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything for me. Um, there's no empathy because if you introduce someone in the final film with no prior connection, well, it's just not that great, unfortunately. So extra character focuses the script of the campiness that just doesn't land uh, and the diminished roles for not only Pratt, but also Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel like we should have pulled them to the front a little bit more. There was an imbalance because they were balancing out so many different characters, new characters and old catching up. I also would have re reconfigured how the, how the villain in this movie was laid out. Uh, I would have, I would have positioned one particular scene to the very front, the very first scene, because it's a great sequence. And I think it, it prepares the audience better for the events that will play out throughout the entire film. Uh, so those are my director's shoes. And um, if they make a seventh one, I think maybe I can do a better job. Just saying, just saying. Yeah. I feel, I feel really bad for the new characters. I feel really bad in particular for DeWanda Wise um, who plays the woman on the poster here, Kayla is the character's name Yeah, because they just had no plan. I mean, they just had no plan for that character and it sucks because she had terrible dialogue throughout. She had no real plot relevant purpose that like they basically just came up with random things and were like, here, this is what you're going to do. Like it just sucked for her. And I, f I felt like she just stood no chance in this movie. It's like totally set up for failure um, in what should be like a big career moment for her. And I feel like that's just not, it was not fair. It was not fair. Right. And there are other characters that are in the same boat, no doubt. Um, but yeah, on director's shoes, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different areas I could go. I just have to say like the, the biggest thing for me that I'm going to stick to on director's shoes is the fan service because I see a lot of people talking like a lot of the critics who went to go see it the same night that we did, um, you know, from all around the country saying things like, yeah, there's tons of fan service. I, I just patently disagree with that because I feel like there were attempts at fan service. There were attempts at these big fan moments that you come to expect in a big finale like this. And they just weren't there. They just didn't, do it right. They fumbled the execution. They took moments that should have been big and made them small. They took moments that should have been small and made them weird and awkward. Um, there were details in there that diehard Jurassic fans would have loved for them to just explore more that they didn't. And the return of the, the three original cast members feels really lackluster because they just didn't really have a place. Um, I mean, it just... The fact that there were only three, you know, like three characters returning from world, three characters returning from the Jurassic Park series, and they couldn't balance that is preposterous. And then they added new characters on top of that. And I'm like, you already obviously have your hands full uh, because you can't even handle the original characters that you already had. You've just sort of pushed everybody into these 
tiny little corners of no character. Um, and it sucks. It, it sucks that that is what they did because this should have been a grand finale and it was nothing close to grand. Um, I mean, it's technically a finale by definition, but it certainly doesn't feel like the kind of satisfying send-off that Jurassic fans were hoping for. Um, and that is a huge bummer because we'll get into it, I'm sure, in the final thoughts, but like, what does this franchise even look like now after this film, considering the films that came before it that were also subpar? So, Right. I feel like the, the fan service stuff should have been such a home run. I can think of, first of all, I can think of obvious ways to enhance the scenes that should have been really cool that they just didn't. And I can think of lots of other things that they could have done. Um, you know, other smaller roles that people could have, they could have brought back, uh, you know, lines and fun moments that they could have done anything. Like there was so much and they just made it so vanilla, so vanilla. So vanilla, so crunchy. How dare them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So crunchy? What is that? Oh, yeah. When when people say that things are vanilla, they say they're granola and granola is crunchy. Oh, okay, so okay, the okay. Next step. You so lost me there, but I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I, was I, like, didn't, I didn't build the bridge. I just <laughs> I just threw you off of it. My my brain like reset to factory default there for a second. It was like rebooting. <laughs> like do-do-do-do. Stunned scanning, silence. Scanning. Connect those dots for me. Yeah. All right. Well, now that I now that I'm picking up what you're laying down, why don't you uh, hit us with your final thoughts and score for Jurassic World Dominion? Well, now that we've given you a glowing uh, preview of our final scores, <laughs> that you should run out and see this film. I think that the the good things again are the great CGI. You've got characters that you have become attached to, and the the world itself you're you're gonna get dinosaur fun in this if you came for just the dinosaurs you're in good you're in good healthy fun you're in good company around the theater there is no shortage of dinosaurs in fact this may have the most dinosaurs in any of the jurassic park jurassic world films because as it is called jurassic world dominion every 15 minutes i felt like i saw a new dinosaur so bravo on that front what i heard um another Another film critic shout out. His name is Straw Hat Goofy. Find him mostly on TikTok and YouTube. What he, what I love that he said is that you know we have the Jurassic Park worked so wonderfully because we had look at them. We have Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern. They're scientists. They're not superheroes, right? That's why that story is so endearing because it felt like at any moment if you were loved dinosaurs so much that you loved science so much that you became a scientist and then you were catapulted into this world. How would you survive? And would you survive? Well, then you got Chris Pat, Chris Pratt and Dallas Howard, who are two of the most beautiful people on the face of the planet. And they're going at it. Like they're just de- defeating these dinosaurs left and right in all three of these films. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there, even though Jurassic World 1 works so well. I just love that. I love that take on it. And I, I agree on it. The story suffers once again, though, here in, in Dominion. And the story always has to be first before you ever put an actor on camera the story must be solid no story no movie it's just a bunch of dinosaurs running around this gets a three out of ten kernels from me yeah i feel you i am going to disagree on one thing because i I, so maybe not a total disagreement i would say 
there are a lot of dinosaur scenes, but all of those scenes feel insignificant. They all feel insignificant. And, and you know, with every Jurassic movie, you hope to build up to this really great dinosaur battle finale. And when that happens, it feels so strange um, because there has been no build up to it. They put it in the movie anyway, so you do have that. You you will get your big giant dinosaur fight, um, but it feels really clunky and awkward and, and not really... It feels like it's misplaced. It feels, it feels like it's just like a short film that got dropped into the mo- middle of this movie, and it it feels out of place. So I like that's really all I wanted was tons of giant dinosaur fun and and yeah, a little bit of fan service because ultimately, um, that's what this finale was meant to be. I felt like they could have executed it in a way that is a nice homage to the original film um, and all of the different twists and turns that we've taken, and they they chose maybe not deliberately, but they, the choices they made led to that. Um, it should have been much better. I, I'm very sad. <laughs> you know, I just really wanted this to be good. I felt like um, I really liked Jurassic World 1, probably even more than most, because I thought that it was a really hard task to revive this series and that they did it so well, introducing new characters that seemed to be on a really good trajectory for a nice franchise and I felt like it was just fun, just good, clean dinosaur fun in the, in the first Jurassic World. And so I was really encouraged when I heard that Colin Trevorrow was returning to direct this movie because it seemed like he had such a good handle on it. Um, and, you know, when, when I heard that the returning characters were coming back and they were going to build this great finale, um, I was really looking forward to it. And it just, it just ended up so flat with terrible dialogue, nothing that really gets you excited. I mean, there were no oohs and ahs, no anything in the theater there was nothing that there were no laughs at at really any jokes um it just had no engagement which this movie should be a shoe in for that um it has a terrible villain terrible terrible villain and a really bad plot it's it's a it's a mess it honestly is and that is why i'm wearing this jurassic world dominion hat tonight because i will never wear it again (laughs) because i i uh did not like this movie um so for me, I've been kind of battling with it, but I'm giving it a 3.3 out of 10 kernels. Um, I felt like I could have gone lower, but I do feel like it is an easy watch in the sense that like, within the stupid plot line that they have pulled together, things sort of move at a decent pace. Um I don't like the story that they've woven and I don't think it's very good. And I think the dialogue's bad, but it is watchable. Um, it just is not a good movie. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that is how I feel. So 3.3 out of 10, Kirk gave it a 3.0. Um, we're pretty much in the same spot here. Jurassic world. Dominion. What in the world, Kirk? Do you have one of those in your mouth? I have three, three dinosaurs in my mouth. Oh my gosh! I've been attacked while you have been. See, this destroyed. is the finale I needed, Kirk. This would have been better. This would have been yes. a better finale. Like there are approximately eight dinosaurs <laughs> destroying me. Wow! 
Well, thanks for that, Kirk. That was that scene that you've just created right there was a better idea than many of the things that were in this movie. Um, wish we could go into more details, but we're keeping it spoiler free. Hopefully, you don't feel like we spoiled anything. I don't feel like we did. Um, I mean, talked a little bit about like the direction they chose to go with the plot, but I don't really feel like that's a spoiler because we didn't we didn't reveal any plot details. We just said which way they didn't decide to go. Um, so. Right. You be the judge. If you think we, <laughs> if you think we overspoiled the movie, let me know, and I'll I'll change the title of the podcast to "Kind of Spoiler Free Review of Jurassic World Dominion." Slightly spoiled Jurassic World. Just a little bit of spoilage. It's like whenever you pull out a piece of bread from the from the loaf, and it's got like it's it's turning colors a little bit in the very corner, and you're like, "I'll eat around it." Um, I do not do that, by the way. I always no, throw it. You I shouldn't. always trash it. PSA because it is not local. Like when you have mold on your bread, yeah. like just a quick PSA about food. Yeah. Just a reminder that is sporous. So it will just go everywhere. The entire bag is contaminated. You should immediately throw it out. That's good to know. I always do. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a pitcher. I, I don't even have to see mold. I'm just like, I, I just get a feeling. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like this. I don't like the look of this. You're That's your gone. superpower. You're gone. Mold detective. I man. do have super smell smell abilities. I've learned. I'm kind of like a I'm like a bloodhound in that way. I can smell things. Oh. I can smell stinky things from a mile away. So wow. Yeah, I always know if like the dogs had an accident in the house or one of the like if the baby's pooped in his diaper. I'm always like, he pooped. You know, I'm like. That's like a- true mystery men superpower. <laughs> it is. It's a bad superpower. It's like the kid on X-Men who <laughs> changes the channels by blinking. Like it's really, That's it's, right. it's a bad draw. It's not, a, it's not a good draw in terms of superpowers, uh, but that is for better or worse, our review of Jurassic world dominion. The decision is now yours. If you would like to go out and venture into the world to see this film, I always, you know, Kirk and I always recommend that you do form your own opinion, etc. If you've seen the other five, you got to see this one. I mean, come on, finish it out. Even if you think it's going to be bad, whatever. Um, And in other news, if anybody wants a bunch of Jurassic World swag, (laughs) I have a ton of it. Um, It it all says Jurassic World (laughs) Dominion. So hopefully you like this movie and can take it off my hands, including a giant, and I mean giant, framed poster that I have no room for (laughs) in my studio. So please let me know. Would be happy to find a way to get it to you (laughs) somehow. But... That's all we got, unless you have anything else, Kirk, on Jurassic World Dominion. I've got nothing. I'm being attacked by all these Yeah, we better get out of here. We better get out of here. I got to run. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have a really exciting episode, a slate of episodes coming next week, but our first ever interview episode will be dropping next week with a former, uh, you know, retired U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant and fighter jet... um, Maintainer. Maintainer. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can never find the word for that. But somebody who actually worked on fighter jets in their career is going to talk to us about Top Gun Maverick. We recorded that episode just earlier today. It was a total blast. We learned so much, and we think you guys will really, really enjoy it. So tune in for that next week. Until then, we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band who created our original music, Rhetoric. Take a listen to them on the way out, and also on Spotify. Apple Music, Google Play, whatever. And we will see you next week. Talk to you then.